I'm Kat Harris. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm an educator, brand strategist, and content creator. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful dialogue. It's a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where the journey is the destination. So I invite you to leave your Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is messy and beautifully imperfect. We all have a story to tell, and I want to hear yours. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris. And this week, I have the honor of talking with Branch Basics co-founder, Allison Evans. And our conversation was so incredible. Like, literally, we stopped recording and I kept asking her questions for like 20 minutes. How do I live a more toxic-free life? And I'm so excited for you guys to get to hear this conversation. She has so many nuggets of wisdom and practical ways to really implement living a more clean life. And on top of that, her story is just so powerful. So before we get started, I just want to tell you a little bit more about who she is. Again, Allison Evans is a co-founder of Branch Basics. After experiencing a health crisis during her junior year of college and endless travels to specialists, she finally experienced true healing after moving to the Hill Country with her aunt, Marilyn Nelson. She removed all toxic chemicals from her environment, ate real whole foods, and her symptoms completely disappeared. Her journey of healing inspired her to co-found Branch Basics to help others experience how to truly thrive in their health. Allison enjoys researching all things holistic parenting, finding clean brands to use and recommend, and helping others navigate their health journeys. She lives in Texas with her husband, and she has one little amazing daughter and another one on the way. So one more thing, if you don't know what Branch Basics is, go check them out, branchbasics.com. I use their products in my house every day. They have toxic-free home products. I freaking love them. Um, I'll tell you more. Actually, we're just going to let Allison tell you more about it. (laughs) So join into our conversation. So Allison, when you look back at your story, what does freedom mean to you? Oh gosh. Um, You know, I am a big believer and I I read once in a, um, a Christian book about how you have boundaries to your freedom and that can actually make you feel more free and to not have boundaries is not freedom. Um, and it's really interesting because you can really dwell on that and it, it can go deep. I mean, it makes a lot of sense and resonates so well with me because the boundaries of my freedom are the lifestyle in which I live that has enabled me to live pain-free and, you know, conceive to, daughters and one still being in my belly. Um, and, um, yeah. So, you know, people will look at me and say, gosh, you haven't eaten, you know, refined sugar in like a decade. And, you know, you, uh, you know, don't use all these products that would be so easy and fun to use and you don't highlight your hair. And I mean, these are just things that I personally do. I'm not saying these things are bad, but I'm like, yeah, but this is where my freedom is. This is where I have found, you know, I thrive. So boundaries to freedom is, is kind of my motto. (laughs) Yes. I think that's such a fascinating 
topic, especially in the culture that we live in today. I feel like Western culture is has elevated freedom to the nth degree. Yes. And in that, I think there's been a real misunderstanding about what freedom means. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what culture tells us is that freedom means that I should be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, right. however I want, without consequence. And when I look around at the world around me and even myself at times, when I'm living with that definition of freedom, it is actually paralyzing. Exactly. Just because it's permissible does not mean that it's something that's you know beneficial for us. And, and that means something different for all of us. And we mm-hmm. have to find um, those you know particular boundaries. And that's mm-hmm. when I think that we really start growing high and wide if we can just keep our roots in the boundaries that work best. So mm-hmm. yeah, like the picture I get in my head is the artist isn't able to paint until he has a canvas. Exactly. But canvas by that. nature of what it is, is a boundary. Yeah, it's restricting. Um, right. So I, I want to hear about why, like, what's your why? How did this path start for you? Like, was there the one moment, the one circumstance that kind of sparked this whole thing for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, even being at 21 years old and living in a sorority house and sharing a room with five other girls. And I mean, I, I say that because I, in the time of my life, main college, I mean, when you're going to conform, it's going to be then, (laughs) You know, I mean, you just don't really want to veer out and do something different. Um, And during that time, I mean, really until after college is when I feel like most people start thinking, you know, more on their own and who really am I? Or at least for me and the culture that I grew up in, it was like, you know, this is the college we're probably going to go to and this is where you're the dorm you're going to live in. But um, what I didn't plan on and, you know, know that I would be dealing with is chronic pain that started my sophomore year of college. And then and there, I became different than my peers. You know, I wasn't able to just focus on what I was wearing to the next, you know, costume party. Um, it really became, how am I going to manage my pain? How am I going to make it to class? How am I going to get my hours and graduate? And everything just shifted. I ended up having to register as a student with disabilities because I was not able to sit through class. And so I was, you know, spending most of my time with my mom, traveling around the country, seeing specialists. And that's when you know, after months of doing that and finding that I was only taking more drugs and more painkillers and muscle relaxers and antidepressants, I just thought there has to be something else, you know, and it forced me into a world of thinking on my own and kind of taking my life and my health and my decisions and my destiny into my own hands. Uh, It absolutely strengthened my faith because I just felt like all the things that I, you know, thought that I could trust. I mean, anyone in a white coat, you know, nothing at all against doctors at all. I mean, I think that they're wonderful and they provide such uh, wonderful answers for us. But for me and my situation, it wasn't getting anywhere. And so um, that's when I really started thinking on my own and just, and being empowered to say, look, there's got to be something else. And I, that's when I took kind of the road less traveled, so to speak, and started speaking to my aunt about, you know, the toxins in my diet and my environment and my, you know, body care products. I mean, things that no one was talking about at this time. I mean, now we're hearing that a lot more, but I'm telling you 10 years ago, when you heard the word, 
you know, juice. I mean, it was orange juice and grapefruit juice and apple juice, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I remember merrily my aunt saying, okay, well, we're going to start the morning off with, you know, fresh juice. And I thought, great, cool. That sounds good. I love orange juice. Like, no, <laughs> celery and beef. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was really at the forefront of kind of this movement of clean products. And so um, it's interesting just the timing of all of that. Yeah. And when you talk about chronic pain, like, I don't know what that meant for you. And I think, I mean, even just for me, I've struggled with anxiety. And before I struggled with anxiety, I would hear people struggle with it. And I'd be like, oh, you're stressed. Like, go take a nap. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you have chronic, chronic pain. Go get a massage. Yes. Can you paint a picture for us of the unraveling of your health? Like, mm-hmm. how did it start? What did it feel like? What did it turn to? What were your symptoms? What did it feel like to be in your skin? Mm -hmm. Really like put flesh to what that chronic pain meant for you. Well, and you described it perfectly because that is the first thing that I did as I saw a masseuse. Well, okay, let's, let's back up. I woke up one morning, I'm, you know, 20 years old. I'm a sophomore. School's about to start in a couple of days. And we had had, you know, sorority rush and (laughs) just like, we had been like doing these dances and I thought, gosh, I'm just kind of sore, like my neck and my upper shoulders. This is so strange. You know, it's like I'd been hunched over studying, but I hadn't all summer. Um, and so I kept having people rub my back and then I thought, okay, I need to go see a masseuse. And then I ended up seeing a physical therapist and, you know, little things were thrown out like hypermobility or, you know, your posturing or, or, um, you know, your posture and kind of the way that you're sitting and, stringing to do some strengthening exercises. And then it around Thanksgiving, it was when it really hit me. I remember lying on, we, my family had traveled to a place just outside of Austin for a family reunion. I was lying on this bed at night trying to go to sleep. And I just started crying because I realized something was wrong. It, it felt like I was picking my neck up about an inch off of my pillow and holding it there. It was it was that exact feeling. It was like, it wasn't this intense pain. It was just such a, um, tightness, you know, it's like my, I couldn't relax my shoulders and my neck. And it felt like there was so much inflammation. And when you grab kind of my skin around my neck, it's like, it was thicker. I mean, I know that sounds gross, but it just wasn't, something was off. And I remember going into my parents' hotel room and crying and you know, this was back when, I mean, I was just like, give me a Tylenol, give me a aspirin. I don't know. Just give me something. You know, I was not into, you know, alternative methods at all, but my aunt happened to be at this family reunion. And this is the first time she started really picking up, um, on kind of what was going on with me. And so, you know, fast forward basically toward the end of the the school year, it was like April, May was when I really, I had exhausted all the doctors. I had diagnoses of, um, potential MS had been thrown out and I was on, you know, all these different drugs and I was just in pain really from my neck. I mean, my face would get really tight. I'd have to open my mouth and close my mouth and stretch my skin out on my face. And then it started going to my lower back. I was having terrible low back pain and sciatica down to my toes. I mean, the, the, um, outer parts of my, of my thighs and calves were going numb. I remember reaching for a milk carton Um, and it just literally fell to the floor. So I was, you know, losing, um, you know, lots of kind of like the nerves and, you know, muscular abilities. Um, 
and it was just scary. It just felt like there was this thing taking over. And the more drugs I took and the more doctors I saw, um, it just seemed to be getting worse. And there wasn't any agreed upon diagnosis. You know, it's like, I remember crying one morning in the spring and I thought, I just want all of my people to just get in one room and talk about me for like an hour and figure this out. You know, it's like, I'd go to the shoulder guy and the shoulder guy would send me, you know, two floors down to the hand guy because my hand was going numb, you know? Um, and I just, I was, I was yearning for a holistic approach and I didn't realize it, but yeah, that pretty much kind of describes my pain. It was just a constant aching. I would, you know, have to use ice packs in class and I would take a little cooler. And when my ice ran out, I'd have to go back to my, you know, dorm room or if we're driving, you know, my, my boyfriend and now he's my husband, at the time, we would drive from Houston to Austin to Houston, you know, to go back to school. And it was a three-hour drive. And we would have to stop seven or eight times for me to stretch and, you know, get more ice. And, you know, it was it was constant. Gosh, that just, that sounds devastating. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was just, I was just inflamed. <laughs> My whole body was, was on uh, red alert, you know? Yes, yes. Gosh. Um, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like my moments of like when I am in pain or have back pain and just thinking of when you see someone in a cast, you're like, Oh, they're hurting. Mm -hmm. They have a broken arm. But when it's like something inside and people can't see it, it's so much harder to communicate like what's going on and to have that moment of like, I know something's not right. Yeah. That is a great example because from the outside, no one could tell. I didn't look sick. I didn't seem sick. I put a smile on my face. And like the cast example, you know, or like giving birth. I mean, there's a reason for the pain. You know that it's going to be over. Right. There's a means to an end. But the mystery, I think, was was almost as debilitating um, for me as the pain. You know, I would spend my nights Googling. And, you know, later to find I probably shouldn't have been just like having my computer on my lap and sitting there and staring at my screen for eight hours a night. Um, but yeah, it's the mystery and the unknown. And that's that's really scary. Yeah. And did you have any sort of diagnosis that were like for sure? Because it sounds like you were in the runaround, mm-hmm. which to me is like the most maddening thing when I'm going to a doctor is like no one's on the same page, like you were saying, but did you have any sort of like diagnosis that no. someone was like, this is what you have? No, okay. not really. I mean, the, there was a doctor in Houston who's, you know, who was hard to get into and someone had recommended him to me. And, um, he's the one that said, you know, all the symptoms are starting to look like MS. And honestly, that's kind of when I, I thought I'm done. I'm, I got to do something else. I'm going to take another path. So we never even pursued it. Just the fact that it was thrown out was enough for me to say, okay, see ya. <laughs> I don't have MS. Yeah. I know there's something else going on and I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> so, but yeah. I was getting regular yeah. steroid injections and, you know, I was doing all the things I was taking all the drugs mm. and, um, you know, doing all the scans and the tests and the blood work and just nothing was really coming up. It was kind of this mystery, a little bit like, Hmm, is this in your head? You know? Yeah. So what was like the moment of rock bottom? Like things shifted. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing what you're doing now for a reason. What was that moment of transition to where like, you're like, I can't hear another no, like we got to do something Mm -hmm. different here. I think it was that. I think it was the specialist in Houston, the doctor that threw out MS. And on top of my mom having spoken with my aunt Marilee about me and Marilee and I really weren't close at the time. I mean, she lived in a different city. She had spent um, most of the time that I could remember um, taking care of her son, my first cousin, who has an, another incredible story of healing and 
redemption and um, not giving up. But I just, you know, I thought, gosh, if I've been all over the country and I'm seeing the best doctors and I'm on the best drugs, like how can my aunt with no, you know, medical credentials sitting at her desk in the Texas Hill Country talking about eating clean and getting toxins out of your life, how is that going to help me? You know, I mean, these drugs aren't even helping me. Um, But I think when I had done all the things and seen all the people and taken all the drugs um, and I was maxed out, I was all of a sudden so open. I mean, I, when she started talking to me about things, I thought, okay, this sounds strange and it sounds like it may not work, but like I'm all in. I mean, I'm going to give this my all. Mm. And that's when I started seeing, you know, naturopaths and holistic doctors and looking people that were really looking at my whole body and potential deficiencies and not just kind of structural and muscular and and nerves. So what did that healing process really look like? I mean, you start going to the homeopathic Mm. remedy route and you're having your celery Mm. and beet juice in the morning. Um, But walk us through what that healing process looked like for you. How did your day-to-day life change? Like what were the rhythms that you then created and how long did it take for you to start really seeing any sort of results? Like, were you like, Oh my gosh, this celery juice tastes like crap. And it hasn't done anything. That's a great question. And I have a unique situation that I hope one day thousands and thousands and thousands of others can experience. Um, because our goal, um, my two business partners and myself is to create a healing center where people can come and experience what we, you know, talk about on our blog. And, but I essentially was able to do that. I, uh, Kelly and I, my, my best friend and co-founder, she and I graduated from UT. And I, at this point I was a little bit better, you know, Marilee had guided me through some things that I could do while still at school. And, uh, I was taking some supplements and I had gotten rid of my, you know, pesticide treatments and things like that. But I was still in a lot of pain. I was still struggling. I wasn't able to take a desk job. And, you know, um, that was devastating for me because I graduated with, you know, I, good grades and I was, I wanted to go work for a PR firm and I couldn't, I couldn't sit through, a, you know, a 30 minute show. So we went and lived with Marilee in the Hill Country in Texas. And it was really a game changer. I mean, that was when my whole world was opened up and Kelly's. That was when we decided to start the company. Um, and we just wanted a megaphone and a mountain. And we wanted to say to everybody that we loved and knew, guys, <laughs> this is it. This is the freedom. This is the life that we've been, you know, dreaming of and thinking about. And I say that because Marilee, through her experience with her son, um, had essentially been forced to create an environment that was so clean. Her home was free of all these toxins and chemicals and her, uh, she is a, a macrobiotic chef and um, certified using food as medicine. So she's an incredible cook and knows, you know, how cilantro can pull heavy metals out of the body. I mean, she just opened our eyes up to the power of food and essentially kind of the God given medicine that our food and environment provide should we tap into that. And, um, I know that may sound a little woo woo, but we spent eight weeks there and it was, it was life changing. I mean, let's put it this way. I was not able to drive to hunt. It was a three and a half hour drive without stopping and taking painkillers and stretching. And I remember driving back at the end of August by myself from hunt to Houston, which is about a five and a half hour drive. And I stopped to go to the bathroom once, never had any pain. So for me, that summer was a massive experiment and a wake up call and 
on a physical level, it was a way for my body to go through a, a pretty intense detox, um, but gentle enough to where, you know, I wasn't you know, having withdrawals or terrible headaches, but merely, you know, said, look, we're going to wake up in the mornings and we're not going to be on our cell phones and we're going to uh, unplug the Wi-Fi at night and we're going to drink celery juice and we're going to walk barefoot in the grass and we are going to talk about positive things and we are going to breathe fresh air and, you know, do yoga poses and, and eat real food. You know, I mean, it wasn't like we were on this really strict diet. Gosh, we ate so well, but it was real and it was clean food. And I learned how to soak rice and prepare beans and chop vegetables. And I, you know, I, I knew how to fry eggs and things like that, but I didn't really know how to cook, you know, real food diet. Um, and honestly, I noticed changes within the first couple of weeks. I was able to get off all of my drugs by the end of the summer. I was on no drugs and I was in 95% of my pain was gone. So it was, it was a mega, yeah. So that's why, you know, I say to people, look, I mean, I'm not saying you got to move out to the hill country like I did, but it's amazing what we can do with our own homes. If we can create this healing environment in our homes and be the place that we come back to at night for our bodies to rest and restore and rejuvenate and prepare for the next day. Because, our homes is what matters to have that kind of safe haven is essentially what, what enabled me. And then, you know, Kelly was, the, was the, when you say you either have to be really sick or really smart to get into this, <laughs> I was sick and she was smart. Um, but you know, the things that she thought was, were normal, the menstrual cramps and the dry eyes and the itchy skin and things like that. I mean, just completely went away. She used to have menstrual cramps and stay in bed all day and miss class. And she hasn't had any since that summer, you know, since kind of shifting her lifestyle and her viewpoint. Wow. I literally feel like you just said all the symptoms that I have in my life right now. I have the craziest dry, itchy eyes. I have the worst menstrual cramps and um, I get like dry rashes on my skin. And I know you and I were talking before the call started I'm newer into the clean living, toxic free world. Mm -hmm. And I've slowly really over the last two years started making my life a little bit like much more clean. Um, So great. But like, I'm the girl that's like, all right, I want to get the toxic free window cleaner, but I'm going to finish my Windex and then do it. I'm not going to throw out all my makeup. I'm going to wait until I'm done with this mascara and then I'll get the new mascara. Um, And I think there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this that might be in a similar position of like, yes, toxic free is having like a moment in our culture right now. It's like kind of a hot button thing right now that be like organic, sustainable, healing, toxic free, clean skincare. But I I think a lot of people are like how myself included, how do you do that? Where do you even start? Right? Like Mm -hmm. where do you even begin? Like, so I have a few questions for you. I'll just start rattling them off. If you were talking to someone who's like, I have no idea where to start, what are three books or resources that really changed your life in this area? What would you say? Hmm. Books or resources. You know, I it it really was never a book for me. It was all just experience. I just I didn't I didn't have the time. I was in too mm-hmm. much pain, you know. I wasn't in a position like you where yeah, menstrual cramps are tough. They're so hard. I mean, gosh, they can be hard, pain, more painful than birth. 
but they're over in a couple of days and you kind of, you're like, oh, gosh, I just dread that time of month. I mean, I was in, I was in a lot of pain. It was an emergency situation. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have time to go sit and read a book. I mean, I needed the help of someone that was going to get me out of this mess. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was firsthand experience. And I think, you know, until you're in a situation or for many people, Um, me included. It took, it took the firsthand experience. It took experiencing the pain and being desperate and hitting rock bottom and seeing the doctors and taking the drugs and, and not being able to sit through class. It took that for me to say, oh yeah, I'm all in. I mean, I'm getting rid of my pesticide man, my Splenda, my hair dye, my dryer sheets, my candles. I mean, I'm all in anything that's going to make this go away. Um, Kelly, you know, maybe is more like you. I mean, she didn't have this, you know, uh, harrowing situation by any stretch of the imagination. She never even went to, you know, hunt that summer thinking that she was going to get rid of her menstrual cramps. She just wanted to learn how to, you know, cook and, and, you know, learn more about health. And she was a um, health promotions major. Um, but she experienced it firsthand and there's no turning back when you do. Um, so I think it's the experience. And I think that, you know, everyone, has to meet themselves where they are. So there are a lot of people like you, absolutely, that are saying, look, you know, I need to take this baby steps because as you know, as, as you know, studies and science are, is proving, um, being stressed is just as toxic as using dryer sheets, <laughs> you know? And if we are going to stress ourselves out by throwing everything out at once, it's not worth it. It's not worth it you know, if you're going to decide that your whole family is going to do an overhaul in their refrigerator and, you know, mom's on a rampage and the kids are mad and throwing tantrums because they can't find their fruit roll-ups, it's not worth it. Um, but if I were to give advice, if I were to say, look, you know, where if someone were to say to me, I have a sick kid or I've been experiencing this kind of pain or my husband's having chronic migraines, you know, where would you start? We always say removal. It's not about buying Branch basics or buying, uh, you know, doing a juice cleanse or buying these products and bringing them good things inside of your home. I think, you know, with diet, I think that's good. I think adding good things to your diet before taking bad things out can, can be a way to go. But in terms of cleaning your home, it is looking at the things that are most toxic, the toxic offenders that are really affecting our brain and our muscular system and our, you know, causing inflammation. And that's pesticides and synthetic fragrances. And you decide what's easiest, you know? So if, if overhauling the fridge and the pantry is really stressful, which it can be because we're addicted to our foods, um, go to your laundry room. You know, most people are not addicted to dryer sheets. There, there are some that are, <laughs> um, or look at your candles, you know, maybe swap your, you know, if you don't want to go fragrance free, swap your synthetic fragrance candle for soy based with essential oils, you know, try to mimic that, but start replacing the things that are most toxic with, um, you know, less toxic alternatives. And then you may find as you start feeling better or your husband's seeing that he's not taking his medication as much or your son's allergies, you know, are not acting up as much, you're motivated. You know, you're motivated by results. And once you really get into it and you see the difference, it's hard to look back. You know, I mean, I spoke with a mom recently who said, I've done my whole house. I mean, it took me a couple of years and, you know, it's a finite process. That's what's awesome. You know, once you get things out and you start buying brands you really enjoy, you keep buying those brands and you're not going to bring toxic things back in. But she said, look, I send my kids to school. So now I want to talk to the, the, you know, the teachers and the school administration. She's like, it's like kind of addicting. You know, you want to try to clean the places that the people you love are going to be spending time. So it's just a matter of knowing yourself, knowing your family, the situation that you're in, 
Um, but it doesn't cost much to remove things. And honestly, it doesn't cost much to kind of go, quote unquote, back to basics and use, you know, few, fewer products um, in your home. So I, that was kind of a tangent, but no, I think that's so good. I think what what stands out to me about that is first having this desperation to be willing to try something new. Yes. And when I think of any sort of like personal growth, personal development, transformation, I think of this idea that um, like our actions don't change, our behaviors don't change until the price always the reward. So for every decision I make, there's a price I pay and there's a reward I get. For example, if I want to lose 20 pounds, but I'm like, why can't I, I know I need to go to the gym, but I just love all the ice cream. I love the brownies. Like, well, I eat the brownie and the the price I pay is I don't lose the 20 pounds, but the reward I get is, Ooh, that feels yummy. And until that (laughs) price outweighs the reward, then those actions don't change. And so just like thinking maybe just pausing and thinking about what is the price I'm paying right now? Right. What's the reward I'm getting? And in an instant gratification culture where we're so all or nothing, how can I be in this for the long haul? I love what you said about, all right, if the pantry seems too overwhelming, like what if we just started with our candles? Like I can do that. Like exactly. Look under right. your kitchen sink. I mean, not many of your kids are addicted to Clorox um, or Tide mm-hmm. pods. You know, you know what I mean. Start with the things that aren't going going to unravel your family. And it's amazing by by stopping the monthly pesticide treatments. I mentioned that a lot because I'm in Houston and that happens. Um, and you know, switching the dryer sheets out and getting rid of the, the candles. I mean, your family is going through a liver cleanse or whoever you live with, and they don't even know it. I mean, don't touch the fridge yet. Don't touch the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let let their bodies kind of adapt and adjust to because these products create a low level chemical soup in our homes that are constantly requiring our detoxification system to conjugate and deal with and expend energy you know, on facing them. And that energy that would normally be used to rest and restore and get rid of the toxins that we're exposed to that we can't Mm. control, you know, at work, at play, at, you know, at school is gone because we're, because, you know, our home is also full Mm. of toxins. So to, to create that for our families or our loved ones, or just for ourselves is, is, you know, to me, that's self-love. This week's episode of the Refined Collective podcast is brought to you by two things I want to share with you about. One is tackling fear and anxiety. So, so much of what we're talking about today is this merging of identifying the physical things in our lives that are causing harm to us, but also digging deep to that root of stress, anxiety, fear. Where are those conversations coming from? How do we handle and tackle those things? Well, there's two things I have for you. One, after you listen to this podcast episode with Allison Evans, go back to episode 19. I talk about tackling fear and anxiety and lead you through an actual breath work and meditation experience. So that is such a tangible resource that I want you to have in your back pocket. Number two, I have a free resource guide for you called Moving Through Fear. And it's all about identifying the fear narratives in your life 
the, the stress conversations, the limiting beliefs, the lies we're holding as truth, and not only identifying them, but replacing them with truth. Because the first step to freedom is identifying the lie, the fear, the limiting belief, and replacing it with truth. Because darkness loses its power when we bring it to light. So friends, I believe in the wholeness journey that you are on. I believe that you have complete opportunity to have healing from fear, anxiety, physical pain. I just think there's so much healing for you and I'm so excited to be on the journey with you. And I love your example about the gym. You know, let's say you're, you are a chocolate addict and you don't want to get rid of those brownies. It's your thing, you know, so mm-hmm. just start going to the gym more, like see that your body can get toned, see how you feel when you leave, see your pants fit a little bit better. And that is motivation to think, huh, maybe I'll just do one brownie instead of two, or <laughs> you know, and it's, that's kind of the same with what yeah. I'm saying about the house. It's like, gosh, I am feeling better. Mm-hmm. And my family does seem to be getting sick less. Maybe I could look at the fruit roll up alternatives. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I wonder <laughs> if I think this way, even just about how our culture deals with like New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Like you take someone who like has never gone to the gym or hasn't gone to the gym in seven years. And I don't know why I'm on like the gym yeah, bandwagon, right. but we're just going to go yeah. with this metaphor. <laughs> but they're like, it's new year, new me, new body, living my best life, right? right? I'm going to go to the gym five days a week at 5 a.m. for an hour and a half before work and I'm going to live my best life. And (laughs) And you'll do it for four days and and you'll never go for five months. (laughs) Right. And then, and then you're like, oh, well, I'm just not a gym person. Yeah. I I just can't do it. Whereas like, what does it look like to slowly give myself permission and space to be curious to go into a new journey, i.e. if I haven't gone to the gym for three years, what if I just started taking walks at my lunch break for 15 minutes? Right. So you're not saying, you know, don't spend $10,000, like getting rid of everything you have, your clothes, your makeup, your linens, your underneath your sink. But what if we took little tiny steps? That's exactly right. And you know, Everyone is different because we have worked with many moms who are dealing with a child who is having, you know, massive behavioral issues or chronic pain or, you know, sudden, um, you know, chronic disease, whatever it is. And they are ready for the overhaul, you know, and they're like, look, tell me what to do. I can't do it fast enough. You know, you kind of give them baby steps. They call back like the next day and they're like, okay, next, next, next. And you just kind of have to meet yourself mm-hmm. where you are and in what situation you're in. Cause like I described with me, I wanted to go all in. I mean, I'm like, tell me what to throw mm-hmm. out. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. Like I'm in pain. And so, you know, again, everybody's different, but for someone that's like you and that, you know, has kind of the quote unquote normal menstrual cramps and dry eyes and you know it's annoying but you put your lotion on and you take your mite all whatever and Mm. everyone has to meet themselves where they are and we just have to be we have to love ourselves and we have to know uh, what's going to break us and what we can take yeah yeah absolutely giving yourself permission to be on the journey I love that exactly um so it's been a few years since that year in college right where you were just completely capacitated and what does your life look like today like where are you at physically? How's your health? Yeah. What is your rhythm like now? Yeah. And you know, it was a journey. I mean, the pain went away and that was 
that was the thing that was nagging at me and tapping on my shoulder, you know, 24 hours a day. And, and I needed to address it. But, you know, prior to that in high school, I'd been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I was told I would never be able to conceive on my own. I would, you know, need to do IVF and it would be really difficult to have children. But that didn't, that didn't hurt me. I mean, I wasn't in pain. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't something nagging at me every day. I mean, it was kind of one of those like, gosh, that, that really stinks. I have to deal with that in the future. Um, so that summer in Hunt, when my pain left and I adopted this lifestyle because that's, again, those were the boundaries of my freedom, like we discussed in the beginning. Um, after several months of doing that, my, my fiance said, Hey, let's go back to that doctor in high school and that you went to in high school and get a sonogram and just see if this lifestyle has affected your, you know, ovaries and your diagnosis. And even I was kind of like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that was just such a set diagnosis. I had one of the worst, I had thousands of cysts, one of the worst cases my doctor had ever seen. And, um, sure enough, I went in and, you know, took the sonogram and I completely reversed PCOS and my ovaries were virtually clean. I had a couple cysts on one and like one on the other. And the doctor was in just complete disbelief. And that's a great example of how, you know, I wasn't even trying to address that, but it's amazing. It's, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier, you have a child or someone that's living with you that's in chronic pain. And so you do things in the home to help that child, you know, get to a stable point and to, to get out of a crisis mode. And then all of a sudden you're realizing, huh, I haven't really been to the doctor with my other kids in a while, or my husband's, you know, stuffy noses are gone, or I'm feeling a little bit like I have, like I have a little bit more energy. So there's a benefit to everybody. And now I've like completely forgotten what you asked me. Cause I'm just going off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I love tangents. Tangents but, are my favorite. <laughs> but I think if you want, I have another question. If you, yeah. if you want to just go with that. Um, how slash do you think there is any sort of connection to your physical health and your spiritual health? Like, do you think that I know we've addressed a lot of like the tangible physical things that you can do, Mm -hmm. but do you all, do you believe that there's a connection between the physical and the spiritual? Oh gosh. Yes. And that summer that changed my life really in the course of everything that I would do and really kind of touched on many of my beliefs and, and established our mission for our company and just the way that I live my life. And that was all really based on spiritual. I mean, Marilee is extremely spiritual. I would say she's my, you know, mentor and who I look up to in that realm. And everything was kind of brought back to that. It was, um, you know, taking the Bible taking scripture for what it actually says, thinking on things that are pure and lovely and believing that we are healed and that it has happened and claiming that and kind of going beyond our five senses and knowing that we are spiritual beings first and foremost and um, making that more tangible than the things that are actually are tangible, which is a constant battle. I mean, gosh, it's not like it you know, it happened that summer 10 years ago. And ever since then, I'm just able to tap into the spiritual when I'm in pain, but it's, it's an exercise. I mean, it's a muscle and you have to exercise it. And it is, um, for me really, I, the more I, I study kind of about like energy and spiritual and kind of the, that whole other world that we can't see. I mean, even taking look, look at electromagnetic fields. I mean, I'm a huge believer that 
um, you know, technology and cell phones and having, you know, those things on our person, they are affecting us. We just can't see them and we can't hear them or taste them or feel them. And so we just think they're not there, but it's the same with spiritual. I mean, um, but in a good way. And for me, it's knowing that there is so much more beyond our senses and that, uh, you know, when we feel overwhelmed with living this lifestyle that, you know, God is meeting us where we are and knows our hearts better than anyone else that's guiding us. And really just tapping into also, you know, when we feel like, gosh, I've taken this medical road and I'm on all these drugs and I just feel like this, there's more answers. It's tapping into the spiritual and allowing that, you know, still small voice to guide us and say, maybe there is something different and maybe it is the road less traveled and it's not the first 10 hits on Google that are going to be for me. You know, maybe I'm called to something different. And so all of that to me is falling in the spiritual realm and, you know, tapping into something, you know, beyond what we get in sense. Mm, yeah. Like it's the, I think the physical is so important. Like if I'm eating something that is an actual chemical that's bad for me, that's causing a physical reaction. Yeah. Right. Let's deal with that. But let's also go back to the root. And I think our bodies are designed to heal us, right? Like that's the crazy thing. If, if we look at our bodies, like our bodies literally are designed to make us better, and our minds tell our body, okay, like, ah, this is a stressful, scary situation. Let's pump out the cortisol. Let's pump out the adrenaline. So our bodies are responding in these stressful moments, but our minds are reacting to our thoughts and our thoughts are connected to our beliefs. Exactly. What I believe about myself, what I believe about God, what I believe about the world. And exactly. Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, you know, in John six sixty three, which is one of my favorite, favorite verses, but the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, the words I've spoken to you, they're full of the spirit and they're full of life. And, you know, if we can take that and we can really believe it, and maybe we don't believe it, you know, but maybe we just believe it a little bit. And maybe we can't even believe it a little bit. We just say it. And we just continue to tell ourselves that, you know, like Marilee used to say when she was in tons of pain, when she was a teenager and in her twenties, she always talks about this kind of this picture. And I, I've always taken it with me, but she was she had a toddler and she was ironing one day and she was in so much pain. And she just kept saying over and over, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And she's like, it sounded ridiculous. You know, I'm not strong. I'm weak. I'm in pain. I'm a mess. But if I can just say it, and I think that that's, that's, there's a lot of power in our words and in our thoughts. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, something you said a few minutes ago, like pinged me and I feel like I have to go back to it. Um, you said that stress, is worse than the toxins in the dryer seats. Oh yeah. Can you talk a little bit about unpack that? Why is stress worse? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. And I mean, that's something that I have to remind myself and tell myself because I am type A and I want things to be right now and I want to do it now and I want to do it perfectly. But yeah, kind of on this same line as the spirit and as the, as the thoughts and the energies, um, I, I truly am believing more and more because I've seen it in my own life. And I've seen it even with my daughter, um, who's only 20 months old, but I think she's able to pick up on a lot of the stresses that I'm feeling that my husband is feeling. Um, and you know, it's, it's different obviously than something physical and something, you know, we go eat fast food or we're using the pesticides at the dryer sheets or the Windex, whatever it may be. But those thoughts, I mean, stressful thoughts and working yourself into a frenzy and dwelling on things that 
um, anger us or dwelling on conversations that really upset us from the past and kind of having that woe is me mentality. I mean, those things are eating at us. And it's, you know, I can't, you know, cite exact studies, but I'm reading some books right now that are just riveting. One being The Emotion Code um, by Dr. Bradley Nelson. And it's, it's unbelievable how our thoughts um, affect the physical. I mean, you know, even just things like when you feel like you're about to run into someone and you get that feeling in your gut, you know, I mean, it, that's to me the, the perfect or someone, you know, does something or you hear a baby cry and, and your, your heart kind of sinks because you're like, oh, you know, is that my baby or whatever it is, whatever it is that kind of gets you. Um, it's just a perfect example about how our thoughts directly affect our you know, our gut. And so the whole gut brain connection that has been studied more and more and they're writing, you know, entire books about it, um, again, is about just how our physical is so connected to our mental. And so to just take 10 minutes of breathing and, you know, meditations become such a, you know, hot topic, but really, I mean, breathing exercises and the relaxation response um, exercises, writing, you know, stressful thoughts, out on a piece of paper, even when it's just scribbling and they make no sense and it's like word vomit, you know, the studies have literally shown like at, you know, Ivy League school studies have shown that these exercises can actually, um, you know, help the physical just as much as the mental and just how our bodies respond to releasing those thoughts, whether it be through deep breathing or taking time to, you know, quiet our minds or, you know, writing things out on pieces of paper, um, all go back to just the mind body connection. And so, yeah, I think we can live in a perfect environment, but if we're sitting in that perfect environment, we're breathing great fresh air and eating real food. And we're, you know, thinking about things that make us angry and people that have, you know, treated us unfairly in the past. And that's just as toxic. So, yeah. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I feel like that was so much wisdom, so much wisdom in that, um, so Allison, just kind of as we close, I just want to ask you one more question. What are you sure of? What am I sure of? I am sure. I mean, I guess the number one thing that comes to mind is I'm sure, I'm sure of um, eternal life. I'm sure of something beyond um, this world. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure of there being greater powers than ourselves and us, you know, mustering up the willpower and figuring everything out here. Uh, even though there are days that, you know, you would watch me, you would think I would don't believe that because I'm trying to do it all myself. But um, at the end of the day um, or the end of the week or whenever I can gather my thoughts, it's, I don't know how I could live this life and face the things that we face. Cause I mean, let's face it, this world is hard. <laughs> We have, I've, I've had a particularly hard month. So you're probably catching me on a more vulnerable time than, than, you know, I'm like, my daughter's sick for the third time. I'm moving. I've just, you know, we've had financial stress. And, but it's like at the end of the day, my husband and I say, we're so grateful for knowing that there's more beyond this and that we can even, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, as a Christian, I believe we can tap into so much here that we, um, maybe others believe is only saved for, you know, eternity, but I believe there is healing here. I believe there are answers here. I believe there is wisdom here on earth uh, as it is in heaven. And for us to believe that and to tap into that and to exercise that muscle by, you know, however it is praying, getting in the word, listening, instead of just praying and asking all the time, but sitting and listening, 
I think that we can become more and more sure of the things that we say we believe in and it can become part of our everyday reality. Mm, that is so good. Well, I, I want to be sure of that with you. <laughs> That's good <laughs> yes. stuff, Allison. Thank you for sharing your story. And I know there's so much, there's so much more to your story and what you're up to. And I would love for you to share with us, where can people find out about Branch Basics? Where can they find more about what you're up to, what y'all are teaching on your blog, all the things? Yeah. Um, branchbasics.com, just, you know, branchbasics.com. And we are on Instagram at branchbasics. And, um, I think our newsletters, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but they're so good because they are. They're we're, not so just, practical. we're not just talking about, yeah, we, we are not telling you how to get stains out of your clothes. I mean, you can go to our site for that and you're happy to email me and I can walk you through it. Um, but we are on a mission to help people, you know, live a healthier lifestyle and prevent people from one day saying, why didn't someone tell me this stuff? Mm. Um, because that's, you know, when Kelly and I left that summer with Marilee, um, that was the takeaway. It was like, oh my gosh, it was just so eye opening. And so our goal, um, and the information that we put out is to open people's eyes and meet people where they are and do it in a loving way and be relatable and talk about everything from, you know, your foundation to your food, to your EMFs and ways to, you know, prudently avoid things and not stress out over it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, our newsletter is great and we have a lot of great information on our blog. I mean, we're, my husband and I are moving right now, like I said, and I'm, I was Googling my own blog yesterday, trying to figure out how to detox my dryer <laughs> you know, because I'm moving into a home where it was used by someone that used a ton of dryer sheets. So, um, yeah, it's fun to have a place that, you know, kind of like a one-stop shop for resources on creating mm-hmm. a safe haven. So yeah, come check us out and write us and, you know, tell us about your thoughts and concerns and questions and anything you have. Ah, love it. Well, thank you, Allison. And Thanks, gosh, I hope the mood just goes well and can't wait to see pictures of that new baby. You're here so soon. sweet. I'm so excited. <laughs> thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com, for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time, and thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters, and you belong here. Mm-hmm.